Bitch, you better praise God or I'ma shoot and that's on God. I ain't playing by my Lord and Savior. I'm on my job. If you ain't a Christian, I'ma stab you in the face. If it ain't about Jesus, I'ma hit you with this cane. Jesus is the one. Hell yeah, praise Jesus Christ, nigga. Free Palestine, free take it's the trap game, Abraham Lincoln, four score and 16 bars ago. R.I.P. Betty White, she ain't dead before when she died, because I know it's coming up. Welcome back to the We Was Righteous podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm your other host, Chanel. And we are back for Righteous Gemstones reviews. This time we're reviewing season three, episode six. Uh, what the hell is this episode called? Um... I hate this. I hate when I have moments of lapses. Episode six, for our for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. What a wild name. Uh for Righteous Gemstones, episode six. Uh Chanel, what'd you think about this episode? Oh no. I'll ask you that later. How are you doing? Bro, I just checked our reviews and my jaw is in the ground. We got a new review? We had a one star review. Oh, no, we didn't. I swear to God. What did it say? It says, <laughs> Goonery at its finest is a subject. This half-witted podcast nearly killed me after listening to the first episode. Does he mean like the very first, like in like in history? The production quality is trash and the intellectual curiosity of the creators is sorely lacking. It sounds like it's being recorded in an abandoned warehouse. I gave this podcast a one-star rating because zero isn't possible. Oh, good. What an asshole. First of all, I didn't have a mic for a while. I'm not going to lie to (laughs) y'all. My mic was in storage. And so if he started at the beginning, that might be valid feedback. But that doesn't make sense because our first episode in here was fine. Um, Anyway, guys, if you would like to do your part to please just to, like get us out of the lower fours, please go and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify because um, assholes like that really bring the margins down. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I know. That made me laugh, though. You take the time out. I guess, you know. People usually only review when it's really bad or really good, so mm-hmm, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got an email from Megan again. Hey, Megan. So thank fix you, Megan. Fix the vibes, Megan. Megan definitely fixed the vibes. Uh, she's a Georgia girl, I think, a 706 area code. That's Georgia. Uh, oh, that's so like she's... North Georgia. Okay. So Megan said, hey, y'all, I've been listening. I'm so glad y'all are watching Righteous Gemstones. Every time this show starts a new season, I'm always amazed how good it is. It's not just a funny show. I love the characters and the backstory. I can't help but stand Judy as well. So she's one of y'all. She's one of Chanel's. <laughs> can't be mad. I think it's more about how I've seen a character like her on TV. It's more about how I haven't seen a character like her on TV ever. Exactly. She's so funny and outrageous. She was making me cringe during the flashback episode. I'm so fascinated by Eli's sister and her family. I'm also thinking about who I think is the villain. I think I agree. It's Eli. Let's go! Yes! Oh, Megan, I, that's fair. Megan. That's fair. That's yes! Fair. I feel like he knows better, but still makes these greedy choices. He doesn't help anyone without conditions, it seems. Let me know if I'm wrong here. So glad you're back, Megan. Well, thank you, Megan. Thanks, and Megan. I agree with you. Eli is absolutely <laughs> the villain. But Eli is on redemption. 
So he's trying to make up yeah. for his wrongs. Yeah, I mean he's he's a dad. Like all dads are flawed and lovable. But um, I totally agree. Like it's clearly, uh, he clearly has some flaws. He clearly has some flaws. Yeah, and this so this episode was a wild episode. I've got some <laughs> clips. I love it. I loved it. So yeah, what'd you think about this episode, Chanel? Um, I mean, this show is just I don't I don't doubt this show anymore. I feel like there's I, I will say this, like after season one, um, which you know, there's this is only third season, so let me be fair, but like the season always starts slow in some kind of way. Even though there'll be funny stuff, you're always kind of like, Where is this going? Now that you don't don't trust it, but you're like, I genuinely do not know at this point in time where this is going. Um and then it just gives you things you don't you've never seen before or didn't know you needed to see. And I think it's just normalizing a lot of what makes life funny. But those kind of things that people would all like remember back in the day when it was like, oh, nobody wants to see couples sleeping in the same bed. And it's like, that's literally how life is. Like, what do you, you know, like that we want to see decency or like no one would want to see like lesbians kiss. And it's like, no, that literally happens in real life. That's what we should see. This is like, nobody wants to see a fully nude death match. And then you're like, you know what? This is actually very much what <laughs> happens in Look, real life, right? <laughs> I am pro nudity for everyone, but I'm gonna need this show to give me some titties because I've been seeing no, enough dicks. There's so many boobies in every other show. This, so, but you know, okay. HB, HBO's been giving boobies since we were kids. Yeah, so I need some more. So Amber, well, do your thing. Go back. <laughs> See, I would feel wrong because then that would be sexual. Like the penis is here. It's not even like sexy penises. It's just like, oh, that happens to be his penis. So if they were casually. What like, are you talking about? He was literally jacking off. Okay, but that wasn't sexy either. It was just a thing that was happening. <laughs> that's, that's, now, because like, women, that's because men are not sexy. That's I'll give you, the point. I'll give you Maymay's boobies. Will you accept those? If that scene was a woman in mm-hmm. her bed pleasuring herself. It would be far more sexy than him if she but was I, doing the exact same thing. But I just think masturbation in general is awkward to watch. Like, for example, I watched The Idol and there's multiple scenes of the girl masturbating. I'm like, OK, like I'm not turned on by like, OK, you know, I don't I don't feel that way. But I think that I I think that if a show wants to be sexy, it'll be sexy. It'll play the right music. Oh, yeah, This is it'll also the, a like, comedy. Yeah, like yeah. exactly. Like no, they don't want in, like nothing here. Even when them they were kissing and dry humping, that wasn't sexy. Like nothing in this show is sexy. Um, and I think that's why I appreciate it. Like going back to even the beginning with the strippers and Chad, like having sex with that stripper on camera, that wasn't sexy. We literally did see sex in this show, and nothing about like it dried everybody <laughs> up. So I think that's what I uh like about this show. So I, long story short, I enjoyed this episode. What did you think? Oh, this episode was outrageous. It had the second greatest. It had the second greatest fight prep scene in the history of HBO television, and I'll get to that when we get there because I have. I have we have that scene, but I also have the greatest fight prep scene in the history of HBO television, okay. which we have to play uh, as well. And by the way, Succession's not giving you; they never gave you this level of like action. We didn't. The Succession most action, didn't give us sex either. The closest Tom, we got to sex was yeah. Tom rubbing on yeah, Shiv, Shiv yeah. when they were fully clothed. <laughs> fair, fair, but like, yeah, like the most action they give you in Succession is like, uh, fucking. St- stitches popping like this is a they give you full out 
throwing people through like load bearing pieces of the house. Well, we did get <laughs> bored on the floor. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but everything in there was passive. Anyway, I'm just like. <laughs> Let's not forget that, like, they're actually giving us a show. And I think that is what makes it so funny. Because, like, you know, I've actually been trying to go and explore the other Danny McBride shows. And this is the only time I will say anything critical of him. They all remind me of each other. Like, he's playing the same character over and over. But in Gemstones, I think what he realized was, like, everyone has to shine. And that's what I want to say about this, this show in general. If anybody in this show was not giving it 110, it would not be the show it is. It's because Walton Goggins gets into <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy mode and it and walks like George Jefferson and talks like a like a holy roller. It's because John Goodman takes them this kid seriously. It's because BJ go has to blade to get <laughs> to get his feelings out. It's because of all of that that this show is what it is. So I think that's where like Rough House and Jody Hill and all them struck gold is when they realized the whole family has to be characters. It's not just about like Danny McBride being an asshole and everyone else around him is normal. So I think that's why this show really shines because everybody on this show is is insane in their own way and lovable. So the show kicks off. You see BJ in the morning with Judy. He's still pissed off. Judy's trying to like Obviously. everything is normal. Yep. And that never works at all. You can't just like move on. That never works. And yep. so. Judy's like, what the fuck, man? You just gonna sit there and be mad? And by the way, BJ has on a velvet t-shirt. Velvet. Velvet. A velvet t-shirt. You need to please, y'all please watch for these fashion choices BJ is making because he's still got that earring in his ear because he's a bad boy. And yeah, the velvet shirt was player. I'm not gonna hold you. And BJ's like, I gotta go. I gotta go skate. And he puts on a helmet Mm-hmm. Elbow pads, mm-hmm. knee pads. Mm-hmm. He has like the ski sticks mm-hmm. and some rollerblades. And he just He's goes rollerblading here. through the complex. He is out of and, here. He has a lot of space to move around. Until he almost gets run over by a truck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the show starts. We get the intro uh graphic. And then we see the then we see the boys leaving. Um May May's kids. May May's kids. I like that. And they like, uh, you know, you you fixed us up, uh, Uncle Eli. We good to go. And <laughs> Kelvin's like, was it when we washed you and gave you clothes? <laughs> and then Judy was crying, and they were, and the big one was like, oh, Judy, you sad we leaving? And she's like, no, I'm mad about real life shit. And then and then the other one was like, no, she's mad about us. You know, women can't control their emotions. Just and Judy annoying. was like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to correct you because you bozos look different, well, much better than when you came here, or whatever. <laughs> and so when they were like, you gonna give us a ride, Jesse? And Jesse's like, uh, yeah, the table's gonna give you a ride. And then he gave her the key, gave them the keys to the Redeemer. And I tweeted out immediately when I was watching this. I was like, Jesse, what the fuck are you doing? You don't yeah. want to actually do that. He was being so. It was just a big cousins were cool moment, and you know he had felt bad because he had like shushed him away from the garage, and he's absolutely gonna regret that when the FBI footage shows a redeemer outside of the next fucking pipe bomb explosion. And then five minutes later, five <laughs> minutes crying. later, he's like, "I shouldn't have gave him that fucking." That truck. was too what big of fuck? a gesture. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when you tied all the money in your purse, and you're like, "Wait." Wait, 
<laughs> not tithe, but offering. When you're in church and you're like, you're like, oh, they're right. I should give all my money. And then after church, you can't buy nothing. I remember doing that as a child and being like, I regret. I regret that. So then we see Kelvin, and Kelvin's got a new assistant pastor. Her name is Taryn. And she actually he introduces Taryn to the yeah. kids. One of the kids so, was like, Where's Keith? And he's <laughs> like, You know where Keith's at. Why are you trying to play me? Because he's probably and, the main one complaining, that child. And he was like, Keith got can. They all start laughing. And Kelvin's clearly pissed. And yeah, Taryn, by the way, Taryn and Keith have had drama since the beginning. Taryn was the one that Keith kept telling her to know her place. So Karen and Keith and Taryn have beef in, in case y'all didn't know that. And then Taryn started rocking out like Lil Uzi Vert and all the kids start dancing. Losing their and minds. Shit, and losing their minds. And Kelvin is like, oh, like he, he kind of looks like he misses Keith at this point. Yeah, because so, that was like his way to hang out with Keith all day, every day. Like, and yeah, like that was his buddy. But like whatever they got going on, that was his excuse to just be around him. Then we go to the Shark Tank room where uh, yes. Steven and his wife are there. And I actually have that scene. My client is asking for a settlement of $500,000 for damages and emotional distress. And if we don't pay? Then we don't keep it confidential. I tell the whole church that this adulterous whore fucked my husband. You wish. This part that Judy does, I swear to God, I rewinded it at least four times. <laughs> She like she does. Tony, we barely got to second base. You need to get your facts straight, Stephen. Tell her, tell her we didn't fuck. Judith, zip the lips. Don't silence me. Well, whatever happened is probably twice as bad as what you and failure of a man admit to. <clears throat> Stephen, now don't you start to just sit there quiet like a little dog. Ooh wee, <laughs> look at you, ice cold baby. An even shittier bitch than Stephen said you are. What? what? <laughs> Why did she do that fucking accent? She needed to. She needed to show us the range. She made a choice. What was that? I swear to God. I was like, what is that? What was that accent for? Honestly, that, that made me so, so happy. random. That made me so happy because, like you said, it's very random. And also, I, I love that she did that. We That is so random. We have to thank her for doing that. I had to rewind it. Look at you. Ice cold, baby. And even shittier bitch. <laughs> she even does like these head movements when she yes. gets into British mode. She's showing so you the range. She's showing you the range, baby. I could do anything. Shush your mouth. We will, of course, have to discuss this. I'm sure you understand. We expect your response promptly. TikTok. Go. Judy. I'm just, I'm gonna walk him out. Judy. No. <laughs> fucking kill you in your sleep. Cut your fucking head off and scalp you. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, Judy. Can't you show a fucking ounce of restraint for once in your life? Lick my you know what I just realized? Why does Jesse have those 70 sideburns and haircut and dress <laughs> like he's from the 70s when we find out that he was like 14 in the year 2000? <laughs> so he was born in like 86. He was born in like 86, but he dresses like fucking, like he's <laughs> like on what's happening. That, like it's 1979 right now. <laughs> yeah, like why is he, where did he get that from? 
<laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You have to make a choice to make comp to make comedy on this level. You have to just do it and commit to it so much so that it takes three seasons for people to realize, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? Also, at this point, this? Jesse is only like 37 years old. Because he had, well, he was probably, mm-hmm. he was old enough to drive in 2000. Mm-hmm. So he was at least 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. So he's like 38, 39, 40 years old at this mm-hmm. point in the show. But he's dressing like he's 60. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that for him. Jesse, just pay the heifer and be done with it. Our best course of action is to play nice. <laughs> Not only will we have to pay them, I suggest you also make a personal apology. Thanks, Martin, but no thank you. You're doing it. You're gonna hold your nose. You're gonna kiss that bitch's smelly ass for the good of the church. You're taking the L. That's a naw son for me. No L. Kiss that. That smelly bee, Judy. No. Take the L. We can pay them, but I'm not doing an apology on them. We're gonna overpower you with repetition. Take the L. 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 I thought this that scene was so great. I love how they they always have like it's like they have a sibling code where those dynamics like those are real for the rest of of life like when when they were um in the very beginning when they caught her and Steven and they were like I fire you and Julie was like I hire you back and then Kelvin was like nope I fire you forever she's like they win like they literally still stick to these like sibling things of this has to happen or this is how this goes and I love like that just makes me happy seeing again how like real and true this silly ass show feels sometimes I usually don't like going back to vaccines but I have to pay a baby Billy scene every episode and so we get baby Billy with uh, Jesse and he's trying to like convince him to buy the hologram. Yeah, of I Amy also Lee. love, love this. I commissioned a fellow out of Brussels. He's also done a DMX and Fred Astaire dancing with a vacuum cleaner. Wow. Judy pulling her bullshit. Now is the time to show daddy who's putting in that real work. Yeah, well, fuck Judy in her trouble. Now, she don't get her ass in line. We'll make a hologram out of her too, now. Mm. Come on, let's go look at it from the nosebleeds. The only thing I'm worried about is, you know, Daddy can get real cagey when it comes to people trying to make money off of Mama. I can see him shutting this whole damn thing down because he thinks it's disrespectful. Well, she's my sister. She's your Mama. He don't own her. We own her too. That's a great line. We own her too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he was like, you don't own her. We all own her. Look here, I'm giving you a walking, talking Amy Lee. You got people leaving this church. This is the answer. I mean, this thing costs a shit ton of money. You ain't really giving me anything. How about I throw my mentorship in for free? I think I'm good. I don't need no mentor. Everybody needs a mentor. <laughs> I Especially don't. you. You're no. more than anybody I know. Nope. Yes, you are, and I'm going to be yours. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No. You calm the fuck down. That's my first piece of mentor advice to you. <laughs> Wait, that was... <laughs> He he forces himself on him as a mentor, and then tells him the like it. You there sound you go, like an old advice. black man. I love baby Billy. I didn't know white men talked like that. That sound like my cousin, like some my, my country uncles. You calm the fuck down. Yeah, it was you beautiful. Out. Well, you gonna help me out too? Now you gonna pick up my quiz show, Baba Bonkers? Oh come on now, this is starting to feel like a fucking shakedown. Well, you change your mind. I'll just unplug your mama and I'll sell her to one of them sex shows over in Bangkok. Them boys will hack a program real quick. Make your mama do all kinds of nasty stuff. 
you dirty dog. Come on, Jesse. Now, let's just do a, a demo for the family and your daddy. Huh? He ain't gonna be able to say no once he sees his wife singing again. Look here. Look here. Look here. Uh, I can't. Sorry, by the way, speaking of baby Billy, I've been texting you during the week because I've just been watching all his shows too. So I started watching The Shield out of nowhere. I'm sorry, I don't know why. I was watching, I put on Justify with my grandma because I felt like she would like this show. I wanted her to like just have something to do. And Walton Goggins is in the pilot of that, um, but he's a Nazi in that one. And then when I started watching Vice Principals, do you know that is Danny McBride and Walton Goggins are like the two leads yeah. of that show? Yeah, you've seen it? Yeah. Oh. yeah exactly so like again you see what i'm saying about like they're building up these characters but i love that one i love that they're the same age and he's playing uncle baby billy two um there's another character in that show who plays a stepdad that is um he plays rusty this season on righteous gemstones and so in general i just love that um like it seems like they're very loyal like if you do a project with them they're gonna work your way into the next project like you'll be there because we didn't have walton in the first season we didn't have baby billy at first baby billy took this shit to the next fucking level i'm just so glad that they keep like giving us these characters um but yeah so anyway him being a mentor to him i think it's just hilarious for some reason it really cracks me up because maybe jesse does need a damn mentor that's not his daddy but i don't think it needs to be fucking no it doesn't need to be baby billy Billy. you don't need to be anybody's mentor (laughs) so the next scene we see bj spying on steve in a smart car and he's sitting in this smart car down the street spying on him watching him yeah just watching him then they cut to keith keith's working at a workshop building some shit kelvin shows up to like talk to him and shit and and he talks about he's being a carpenter he's like jesus was a carpenter kelvin's like nobody cares about that he did miracles too that's the important part so he's trying to like down the he does he's mad that he's doing something where they're far away from each other um and like they can't express it to each other yeah yeah they, i mean kelvin misses him clearly they i mean i think that keith misses him too but keeps acting funny that first time because yeah like basically he's trying to down the carpentry and keeps like it's actually fine i'm happy and he's like oh you're happy like i guess you don't need me kind of like that's the subtext and then they end up kind of like ending on a weird note because again like you said neither one of them will really admit like i miss you come back um so he basically tells Kelvin, like, I'm fine without you. And Kelvin's like, all right, fuck off then. So then we see Judy at the pond. Eli's trying to fish. And <sighs> she says, hey, daddy, I had a no sex affair. <laughs> and in order true. to, we need to pay this woman so that she don't tell people. So can we pay her daddy, please? It's like a little kid asking for candy, some shit. Mm-hmm. And he's and just like, Eli, Eli's like, God damn it. Like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> He was like, I was not good at this. Your mama was good at this. That's not me. Yeah, Leave he's, me alone. He's also struggling to enjoy his retirement because he keeps wanting to be this old man who fishes. But that nigga knows he misses the limelight. He misses being in the spot. And that's another reason why this is a succession in another universe because it's like, okay, you do the succession, you leave. How do you do that and you're still alive? It's hard to... Like, he wants to be out of it, but he also has no idea what to do with himself if he's not like literally still being Eli Gemstone, like doing book tours or doing something meaningful. So I think like, I actually felt for him in that moment. Cause he's just, he's like, look, I got really good, whatever 
healing people, scamming people, whatever you want to call it, giving people hope. And now I'm not in that position anymore. And my kids can't do shit without me. So I can't really enjoy myself. I kind of felt for him in that moment. Cause like, basically he just says, you got to pay for it with your own money. She's like, I hate you, daddy. Like it just goes (laughs) into that. I'm like, wow, Judy, that's like a a little ass kid. Yep. Yep. So then they cut really quickly to the compound with Peter and the boys roll up with the redeemer and he tells they tell him that he they stole it and they celebrate them. Oh, you stole it from them assholes, them devils. You stole their truck. Uh, and then we get this scene with BJ back in the church. Janice and Tall J have enrollment packages over there. Go over there, please. <laughs> Just go. Don't look at me. Come on. Is he crying over there? Yeah, he's fucking leaking. I'd cry too. He's a cuckold. His wife cheated on him. Chad is the worst. You nigga, you cheated on your wife. Also, that's not what a cuckold is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I, I was like, did he just hear that word and think that's what I said? Yeah. He says it again. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm, I wanted somebody to be like, Chad, it's not a cuckold. <laughs> yeah, no. But I, I don't think they wanted to get that deep into it. I think, um, yeah, I totally agree. And also, I think, I, I don't know why Jesse's gang. Like they, I kind of still have comfort in seeing them. Like something about them literally still being a gang and always being together kind of cracks me up. Like they're always together. It's never like oh me and so and so. It's like they roll. They really roll in a pack, and I think that's kind of hilarious that their their friend group is still intact after everything that happened. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like this is when it kind of turns and they they. Oh, also the other thing was you know in the very first episode, BJ was killing it doing this presentation, so they gave us a really good point of contrast to see how this is affecting him. BJ, for what it's worth, I think it's pretty fucked up what Judy did to you. It's not right. She a pretty selfish person sometimes. I'm sorry. I cannot believe Jesse is saying this. You can confront the guy? Maybe. I just don't think I can move through life knowing that a guy named Steven did this to me. You want my advice? You want to restore the power? You fight this motherfucker. You knock his dick in the dirt and you show him who's the man. All right, show us your punch. Sock that fucking bag for me. Mm-hmm. Ah, BJ hits the bag like such a wimp. <laughs> like such a wimp. I think I broke my wrist. I think that <laughs> motherfucker was limp to begin with. All right, come on now. I want you to pop this bag. Don't stop at the bag. Punch through the bag. Aim for that wall there right behind it. Yeah, one solid punch. You make your job real easy. Right on the button. You knock him in his fucking jaw. Turn them lights out. Rock a right. baby. Wouldn't that be great? KO'd in one punch. Mm-hmm. Just come in and go. Good afternoon, Steven. You thought my wife liked you? She likes me, bro. She was mistaken when she thought she liked you. That's how Chanel talks shit. Just like BJ. <laughs> I, I can't remember the last time I talked shit. I really don't try to get to that point. If I'm talking shit like that, I've let go. And I'm and I'm uncontrolled from their point on. Like, I really do not do that. Because I'm liable to say some real shit at that point. So, maybe that is how I sound you to put your fucking anger into this tell the bag what's up all right don't be saying she was mistaken when she thought she liked you pop this motherfucker you piece of shit i'm not a piece of shit you are just thought you could try ride my wife you freaking animal just trying to come and stay focused don't talk about calm tell them who the fuck you are mm. <laughs> just doing a good coaching you go off queen <laughs> fuck 
I'm Benjamin Jason. There you go. I'm there for my wife emotionally, spiritually, and freaking sexually. I get rock hard whenever she needs it. I'm <laughs> hot body home wrecker. I'll wreck your fucking face. There you go. Now don't tell him he's hot. Don't give him compliments. But everything else besides <laughs> that was working great. I like the wordplay stuff you did relating home wrecking to wrecking his face. That was clever. You know it's and so then Jesse gives him some fucking brass knuckles. So that was the second greatest. That was mm-hmm. the second greatest coaching someone to fight who can't fight in the history of television, particularly HBO television. But there is one. There is one scene to know that outranks that that I must play. Okay. okay? This is this is the better scene. Okay. What it is, what it yeah. is. Come here, I need to talk to you. What's going down, Larry? Listen to this. <laughs> in the doctor's office earlier, there's a guy sitting there, a skinhead, okay? He looks at me and he says, what the fuck are you looking at, Jew boy? What? Fucking faggot. What? What you do? what I do? Yeah, what you do? I slunk out. <laughs> slunk out? Slunk. I slunk out. So you didn't do shit. This has some offensive language, just so you know, but it was old and they were making a point. But we don't in, we don't endorse that word. And you punked out. That's what the fuck happened, right? Yeah, I punked out. I punked out. How'd that happen? What was I gonna do? The guy, the guy gonna kill me. That's how a man call you a fucking faggot. You getting that ass, Larry. You know what I mean? You getting that ass, Larry. That's what the fuck you do. What are you talking about? You let that man slide today. You gotta immediately get in somebody's ass when that happens to you. You pull their asshole open, step into their asshole, close the door behind you, take a spray paint can, right? Uh-huh. Larry was here. You spray paint, Larry was here, wash me, all that kind of shit. Fuck his whole asshole up. <laughs> the bar, paper on the floor, read a newspaper, ball of paper up the newspaper, and throw the newspaper on the floor. Mm-hmm. Fuck his whole asshole up. You know what I'm saying? Then you yeah. open that asshole one more time. Open it again. Open that asshole again. Oh! Step out his ass. And leave that motherfucker wide open so he know you've been there. Open it up. Step in. Spray paint. Larry Larry was here. here. Leave garbage. Snickers. Eat Snickers. Leave garbage. Spit. Fuck it. Get out. Mm. Open it up again. Yeah. Step out the asshole. Step out. Don't even close that motherfucker. Leave it open so he know you've been there. You feel me? I got you. That's how you handle people. Mm. Get in that ass, Larry. Don't worry. All right. Hope you don't get me killed. That's the best. That's the best fight prep scene of all time. (laughs) You get in that ass, Larry. Do you watch Curb, Chanel? Brandon. What? I don't know if you watch it. You never told me that. We have, Are you joking? What do you think? I hope you watch Curb. You hope. Okay. He Brandon has never met me before, y'all. You never talked to me about Curb. I don't, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that that's the case. I've seen every episode of this show. Yeah, it's my favorite show of I all time. I love... I, I mean, just knowing that JB Smoove made most of that shit up <laughs> is beyond me. Like one of the fun, one of the funniest people of our time, and not like he's not regarded the way he should be in for stand up. But I'm so glad that like somebody gave him his time. Like HBO is giving him what he deserves. That nigga's funny as hell. I saw him stand up live maybe six months ago. He had you crying, right? And it was it was incredible. He was all over the floor. Like he does physical comedy in person, like he's fantastic. Yeah, he's just funny. Like some people are just funny. So the next scene is uh 
Aunt Judy sitting outside said she's sitting on a table with like cookies and shit. And Amber rolls up <laughs> on her and she's just like, you know, I'm 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 sad, you know, I'm messed up. Am I just supposed to be here? I'm just supposed to be here sad this whole time. And he just sit there and I gotta wait for him or whatever. And Judy and then uh Amber's like, listen, there's people in my group, my women's prayer group that's going through stuff just like you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You should come and join and maybe they'll help you. And She's like, are you sure? And Judy's like, yeah. And then, then we get this scene. They tell me their names. Why don't you just come see for yourself? When Chad cheated on me, it took everything I had to forgive him. No offense, but like, I already know what you had to do when Chad fucked that whore. I want to know Judy, what. we do not need details. It's <laughs> so funny how she's like, she's supposed to be one of the co-pastors of the church and she's just acting like this it's just in front of all these random, it's not just her family anymore, it's just like in front of these random people. Or words like that in this conversation. How else are you going to say, when Chad fucked the skin merchant, what did he do to make it better with y'all? He showed genuine sorrow and remorse uh-huh. for what he did. I knew the whole experience had completely broken him. I remember the time period. He, like, wore basketball shorts constantly. It was disgusting. It wasn't good, Judy. I lost respect for him. Mm -hmm. And we've been working on that. We're still working on that to this day. Let me just make sure I got this straight. The cheater has to eat massive, big old piles of shit for however long until the hurt person decides they're forgiven. Just on an arbitrary whim, they decide that. That's the gist of this, basically. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. Oh my God, that was very well said. Thank you, honey. That's exactly what happens, though. That's that, that like a perfect description of what happens in that situation. You yeah, just eat, <laughs> eat shit until it's, it's too late. Yeah, until it's just a random time where the person's just like, "Okay, I've had enough. Let's yeah. move on." <laughs> yeah, but like what's crazy is that she really thinks he's just gonna get over it. Like whether or not she meant to, like she actually cheated on this man in, in whatever sense you want to say she cheated on him. So I love that she's like, wait a minute, I gotta be sorry forever. So then we see Kelvin at trampoline day with his youth group, and Taryn is going off on these fucking trampolines, doing triple moonsaults and front flips and all types of crazy shit. Got the people going crazy. And uh, her and Calvin have a little bonding moment because she reminds them of Keith a little bit of like what they're talking about. And then Keith shows up and Taryn leaves and Calvin's trying to be like, what are you doing here? He's trying to play like macho. And he's Wait, like... He, he shows up with a chair that he made a for Calvin. Chair. Yeah, with Calvin's name in it. Actually, it was very nice. Yeah, that's a nice-ass rocking chair. And Calvin basically dismisses him and was like, you left me. You should have went to immigrant services and we could have still been dude bros. <laughs> but you left me. And so, you know, now she's like, now I found a new you. So get out of here. Basically, they broke up, essentially, is what happened here. Uh, yeah, they was trying to play get back. And look at that. Now they being petty. Then they cut to Amber and Jesse at their outdoor kitchen. And Jesse's basically like, I'm trying to run this whole church and you ain't showing me no support. And Amber's like, Yo, what are you talking about? And he's like, I support everything you do, even that stupid ass system. He's such an <laughs> asshole. He was such an asshole in this scene. It's just not and necessary. She, it's like she went, y'all, you went through all that to fight for your marriage just to be a jerk to her a couple years later. 
And he's like, I always have your back. I'm trying to run the biggest churches in the world, and I'm doing this shit by myself. And then Amber was like, uh, I'll take this upstairs. <laughs> and so then they cut back to the um then they cut back to the Shark Tank room, and Judy gives her apology to Steven's wife and gives him the check. And Steven's wife was like, All right, then thank you. <laughs> she and- said, I hope this hurts. And Martin was like, uh, I'm so glad my I mean Judy was like, I'm glad my brothers weren't here to rub this in my face. And Martin did her a solid. Martin was like, yo, I told him it was Tuesday, so they wouldn't be here, so you wouldn't have to have that embarrassment. And she was thankful. So look at Martin coming through. Martin has been holding down this family since 1987. Like Martin is a real one. Then they show BJ doing like a training montage, drinking a smoothie, hitting a hitting a um hitting a uh, like speed ball <laughs> and then he sees um he sees Judy's iPad and Steven sent her an iMessage on the iPad and it said even after all this still can't let go Christy and kids are away one last time and that just sent B- BJ over the edge but it was also like perfect timing because it's like oh I'm getting ready to whip your ass so you just inviting me over I know where you're gonna be at there's no women and kids being in- involved. I'm coming for you. But because I'm a professional sometimes, I take ancillary notes. And so, you know, on iMessage, you can see on the iPad, you can see all the messages on the side of the actual message. Mm-hmm. So he, she had a message from Steven. She had a message from Eli that said, okay, sweetheart. And she also had a message from Tiffany. Do you want to know what the message from Tiffany said, Chanel? Please, 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 please. The message from Tiffany said, did I leave breast milk in the fridge? I mean, she just, you know, but but that means that I'm telling you somebody here is paying so much attention to detail because that's like where you read all the things in the, the end of the world kit. Like somebody is like, what would Tiffany be texting Judy? Mm, she probably left her breast milk behind. And so BJ's fired up and he's ready to go fuck Steven up. Uh, and then and then we get the scene. I'm only going to play part of this. But then we get the scene where Jesse and baby Billy are going to give the presentation to Eli and May May and the rest of the family. The devil and the devil appear. Don't be saying daddy's the devil now. Oh. Come on, daddy boy and Aunt May May. Come on and take a seat right here in the front. Daddy boy and Aunt May May. you, Judy. This is my thing. I'm just saying hi. What I'm going to show you tonight is going to blow your fucking brains out, Okay. Remember, miracles are real. They're real now. Okay, go on. Give me some space. This is my moment. Go on. It is no mystery that the road we have been traveling on has been bumpy as of lately. But I have a solution. Now, seeing as I'm the only minister here who's doing a fucking thing, (laughs) I feel that I need some backup. I need somebody that's never let us down who always will know the right thing to say. Without further ado, Uncle Baby Billy, Begin the presentation. You you bet I will. I'm gonna begin the presentation. But first No 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 but first Yes, but first my favorite <laughs> nephew, Jesse Gemstone, has ordered Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers straight to series. Oh yeah. it's a go. That's it's gonna be quiz show fun for the whole family. By the way, Jesse's homeboys were all cheering because they lo- they wanted that shit. <laughs> we all want Bobby Baby Billy's Bible Busters. We all want that. We want that show in real life. We want Walton Goggins to play to host that show for the next ten years. 
Hey, y'all. Boy, I've missed worshiping with you. I'm so glad we get to do that today. It's been a while. What's new with you? Have you been talking to Jesus? How about we pray to him right now? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us all here together. Eli's face is priceless. your glory. Yes, we are. Your Jesse and baby Billy think they did something. They up there I mean, giving each other the okays, like, mm -hmm. good job. Eli I mean, is losing it. He literally had no warning that this is about to happen. This is actually insane. They had one of the greatest lines in the history of this show. Strength and fills us with joy. Continue to use us. You made Mama into a force ghost? <laughs> Obi-Wan, you're our only hope. That's that is literally what it's giving. That's hilarious. Yes, I did. Amen. Now, who wants to hear some more singing? I performed Dan Mama Miracle. Like Jesus Christ, she has risen again. The old country lane still looks oh. the same. Oh. Eli is crying. See, <laughs> you made daddy cry. Turn it off. Hush, Judy, those are tears of joy. Those are happy tears. Oh, please turn this off. I don't want to see it. Eli, don't be scared. It's just Damon Lee. That, that ain't no Babadook. Oh, That's it's darkness. Oh, I won't oh, even watch. Oh. Ain't no Babadook. <laughs> they may say it's darkness. I don't even want to watch that shit. First of all, he'll be like, no, 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 no. It's not the Babadook. Don't you worry. I'm screaming. They get into a big-ass fight because uh, the shit won't cut off. Eli wants that shit cut off. When they go up there and hit it, it turns into DMX singing Party Up. Because <laughs> they borrowed this from somebody else who was working on that, which hilarious. Like, it just makes a bad moment worse. <laughs> and then at the end of the shit, May May talks to him. Shame on all of you. Why do you gotta be so thoughtless all the time? Save the lecture and hit the bricks. Get the stepping, bitch. Get <laughs> the shit out of Judy. How did Judy not see this coming? This is the second <laughs> neck chop she left herself completely exposed for. You cannot neck chop me and I'm going to talk back to you and not be on the other side of the room from now on. <laughs> Judy in the perfect spot, too. So I was like, Judy, why are you calling this woman a bitch? You know she's going yeah, she's she's to spaz on that you. that life. Yeah, she's not the one. <laughs> That neck chop was so perfect. I fucking died. Get her. <laughs> Get her. <laughs> They're not gonna do shit. How you like? <laughs> and so then we get the final scene of the episode. Uh BJ rolls up on Steven's house. He's walking through their house. No one's home. Here's some music. He walks into one bedroom. Steven's in there butt ass naked butt-ass naked jerking off to music and his eyes closed. I'm like, dog, it's 2023. You're not even looking at porn on your phone. You got your eyes closed. What is this, some, like 1966? Some people, some people go for memory. That's all I'll say. He's butt-ass naked memory in only. the bed. And he blows in his... Steve, BJ blows in his face. He, look, he opens his eyes. 
and BJ punches him with the brass knucks. He thinks he's won. <laughs> Steven just gets back up and proceeds to whip his ass throughout the whole house, but as naked. Like I'm talking about throwing him everywhere, all over the place. Like it is a wrap. It's these two little girls outside just looking at this naked man <laughs> beat the shit out of this kid, this guy. Because he is butt ass, y'all. When I tell you he's butt ass dick out the whole entire scene, like he goes outside and drags him on the lawn in front of them girls butt ass naked. He says, get the fuck out of here. Steve, BJ wakes up, grabs him in his fucking nuts <laughs> until he heals over. He falls on the ground. <laughs> they have a scene like from behind. Of BJ lay on the ground, like from behind his ass cheeks, he just grabs his fucking nuts. <laughs> and he gets on top of him, he mounts him, and he starts beating the shit out of him. His blood dripping all in his face. These neighbors are looking at BJ all weird and shit. He walks back home, and this is what he tells Judy. Oh my God. I hope you like me now. Okay, here's my question. Do you think he was trying to say how you like me now and he just fucked it up? Yes, that's what he was trying to say. <laughs> that was supposed to be his punchline that Jesse and number telling him to do after he won. I mean, and, he, he beat him win. Yeah, he did win. I mean, and it looked bad for him for a long time. So I'm so glad he, like, BJ deserved that win, but I was really worried because he was getting worked. Okay. Mm hmm. He was in danger for a long time. And that was the end of the episode. So what do you think Steve is going to do in retaliation? Um, I honestly think that storyline might be over. I hope so. I don't know what else. What's he going to do? They're going to come back and fight again? Like I feel I mean, like it's, Yeah, I get, you're right. You're right. He kind of defeated him. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be over and it's going to be on to like how Judy and BJ fix mm -hmm. it or do they break up? Yeah, well, at least, like, she, you know, when Homegirl said that she lost all that respect for Chad, I'm hoping that uh, Judy does not feel that way. Like, I mean, BJ might feel that way about her, but I'm hoping that Judy, like, still treats him the way he wants to be. But honestly, like, Ju that's why Judy and Jesse are the same, because Judy almost lost BJ again before. Like, you know, I I'd be surprised if they break up for, for good, but... You know, BJ might be a new man now. She might not be ready for a nigga who can throw down. Yeah, Judy used to be the person in charge of that relationship. BJ mm -hmm. may have just flipped it. Yeah, so, so. it's it's really giving Shiv it, it's Shiv ready for for dominant Tom. You know, yeah. um, so I think that I think there might be an issue there. Um, as far do you think Kelvin and Keith will get back together? Yes. Okay, I, but I absolutely think based on what together. we're seeing, do you think they'll ever admit that there's something going on? I feel like that's where this is leading to. At least that's what makes the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. that, that that they have to lead it to that. But I don't know. Kelvin is such a weird person. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody says Judy's weird. Judy's awkward. I think Kelvin. I don't know. Like he doesn't use cuss words. Like remember mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. Jesse told him to kiss her ass? He was like, "Yeah, you kissed that smelly bee." And I'm mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? Like, your whole family yeah. does nothing but cuss all the time. What are you doing? Yeah, no, he's definitely like, it. 
in that type of family, it's hard to kind of be your own person. But with them two siblings, it's hard to be a normal person. I feel like you can't develop like real emotions in that household. You have to learn to fend for yourself or be super sensitive like he is. So I don't know. Kelvin's a special character. I would love to have some gayness in here. We'll see what happens. And then, I want to know if they're going to actually put Amy Lee out there on a Sunday. Ooh, That's I what I want to know. I think they fucked the machine up. Do you think that um, Amber would ever leave Jesse? No. Yeah, she's kind of locked in, huh? Yeah, the way they portray that, she's not going nowhere. Well, I do still pull for some type of surprise where Amber actually takes control or does something, you know, shy-seated to Jesse. But I don't know if we'll see that. But I would love to see her have a twist. And also going back to Megan's email in the beginning... I did realize that the reason why I stand up for Judy so much is because, yeah, she's unhinged. She does the wrong thing, but she does it in a way where a lot of girls are not, you know, maybe this generation is the first one that will really get a chance for girls to be born and be however they want to be. Like a, a lot of parents will be more open to just like letting, trying to teach their, their kids the same things, no matter what their gender is or their sex is. Right. right. And Judy was born at a time when all the girls were socialized to be girls and she was still cutting up like a boy you know and so I think it's just like nice to see somebody a, a woman acting wild and crazy and that's just how she is and she don't lose her money she don't necessarily lose her man like she's just able to be like a a, a man with the same less consequences as him so I guess like in that way she's a feminist icon um and that's why I like Judy I don't think People should act like that in real life, but I do think that, you know, all heroes don't wear capes. Some of them wear blue church suits and pearls. <laughs> I think the big plot point in the next couple episodes is going to be whatever Peter's planning. Um, because oh, clearly right, he's planning right. some type of attack of some sort. I don't know if it's on the public or if it's on the gemstones. Yeah, maybe it'll be the church. That's probably be the or the church, but he's planning most. something. Yeah. So something's going to happen with that, but I'd like I want to know what's going to happen and how they foil that because they've always been some type of violent plot point in every episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, every mm-hmm. season, whether it was like yeah. shootout, uh, the shootout at the the parking lot or whatever that was, mm-hmm. or um, or uh, Gideon's people trying to rob and kidnap Eli at in the, in the last season. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's always some big plot point like that. So, I know there's going to be some type of big thing with Peter. So, mm-hmm. I want to know what that is. One other last thing is that um, is that I want to, like, this is outside the world. Um, so, I guess, sorry, that Gemstones was a great episode. I did enjoy it. I think we all did. I wanted to bring up the awards before we go. Oh, yeah, okay. okay yeah. yeah like okay so we're in a first of all more strikes are happening god bless and good night like we're with you you know do what you gotta do we won't get our christmas hallmark movies right well shit hallmark probably has movies in the in the tank that's a wrong network to choose but we're not going to get any new scripted stuff right now like actors are striking writers are striking i guess the directors decided they could figure it out i don't know um but yeah, like, yeah. the directors signed a new agreement before both of these strikes happened right so they're they're locked in right but um but we you know actors and writers alike and so we're seeing more and more actors go out there but uh the reason why i want to bring it up is because the emmys were announced and 
I don't even know if you can call them snubs anymore. I just recognize that this award system is no longer adequate for like the wealth of content that we have in the world. Because once you, the year that Get Out, what, and I know I'm switching awards here, but the year that Get Out was called a comedy was the year that they should have took a step back and rearranged the categories and been more inclusive of like the fact that people are making weirder shit or shit that's cross genre or stuff that's like sci-fi and drama and horror and comedy. Like we need to have a better way or there needs to be a thing that separates streaming or separates fucking HBO. I'm like, let's rank HBO shows. But I think that it's not to say that no other network can make shows as good as HBO. It is to say though, that there's something happening at HBO where people are coming in, like giving it, it's like HBO, these HBO shows are theirs to lose. And so I don't even know if shows are as good anymore or if it's just like it's all touching goodness and therefore it's like we give it what it is so i'm not like succession obviously is great but you and jeremy strong is jeremy strong and and matthew McFadden and you know you know how i feel about the right but at the same time like is karen giving me what so-and-so gave me on that like should um should like heather sims deserve the supporting role for what she did in fucking and um swarm like deserved did it came in changed the whole interview the whole energy of a series like did you ever watch swarm no okay so she so there's this black, black actress who i happen to know in real life who um d- came in in the middle of the show and just like set the whole energy of the show apart she was a breakout character like that's a notable performance where do you put that where do you put that at the end of the year when Succession comes out the last season? Everyone's acting their ass off, and we have like a no a no break take of a whole episode. Like, how what it makes you feel like? What's the point of making independent well, art? No, well, those shows aren't designed for that, right? Like, there should be other like so the, they have this thing. Well, this thing is called like Prestige TV, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like a certain type of TV. That's prestige TV. Think about like The Wire, The Sopranos, um, Breaking Bad, um, you know, Succession. There's like certain shows like a, a new one that people talk about like that is Yellow Jackets, which I haven't watched yet. But people see, talk about- and that's the thing. Yellow Jackets isn't, shouldn't be in there. Like stuff is starting to get added in there because of the buzz around it. Like just to say like the writing of Yellow Jackets is not. I like that show, but that's not like a groundbreaking show the way that like for example severance was yeah but even severance like that didn't win shit and i exactly. thought severance was incredible exactly but you gotta also remember there's only five people that can be nominated right and so what's actually happening is what i think is actually happening is there's too much good shit so like 20 years ago when the sopranos came on it was the sopranos right and so you weren't going to nominate everybody for The Sopranos, so there was going to be people from regular ass... There used to be people from network TV winning awards on the Emmys back in the mm-hmm. day. If people, people don't... Like, yeah. a network television show will never win anything now because Ooh, there's so much Ab- better TV. Abbott Elementary got, got, um, got well, nominated. Yeah, but, but that was... Ex- but the, you had to be ex- like exceptional, exceptional. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of buzz, right? Mm-hmm. So Abbott Elementary was excellent and it had a lot of buzz. You got to combine those two. You can't just be excellent. Your show has to get buzz, and it has to be excellent, right? Like Janelle James was excellent, 
in that show, right? She stood out, right? So she's got nominated for these things, right? But back in the day, you didn't have, like, there was one Sopranos. Like, in the same year, we get The Last of Us, we get White Lotus, we get Succession, we get Severance. Like, we get these, like, boom, 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 boom. We get these things one after another after another, and they only got five people that they can nominate. And so... that's why you're proving my point. What, that it should be another award? That they need to rethink this whole system because it's not working. Well, you can say it's not working, but it just depends on how you look at it, right? Is is the idea of an award that everyone gets one or the best person gets one? But that's, but why is it, but best is so, there's so much bias in even that concept. Like, I'm not going to say that succession isn't great. I am going to say, though, that it's great in a very American, like how we are socialized way of great. Right. Like it's great in the sense that consumer culture, business culture, all that is like glorified in our in our space. Like it, they're acting their ass off. But also we are comfortable with this premise. Like we get the show. It makes sense because we're programmed to. You might have a show that's completely out of something you just don't understand or another culture it, they could be acting their asses off but because we're not we're not able to recognize it and that's what i'm i guess i'm trying to get to is that but those shows do win sometimes like right like one um what was the anything everywhere all at once won a, a shitload of shit at the oscars right last yeah that's, year. And, but but that's exactly so oscars but i can make this what i'm trying to say is like i i brought up the oscars just to say that when 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 jordan peele broke a genre right like changes genre forever they put it into comedy they put what's the show they put this year into comedy that shouldn't have been there um they put a serious ass show into comedy this year for what the emmys yeah that is not at all a funny show because it does not have a a real category I don't, I don't know if it's in the best comedy or best... Um, I think it is best comedy. So Outstanding Comedy Series, the nominees are Abbott Elementary, Jury Duty, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, The Bear, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Wednesday. I heard Wednesday was great. I need to watch that. Right. And, and Barry. There it is. That, thank you. <laughs> That's it. Okay. You haven't watched any of these shows, have you? Bear, you haven't watched The Bear Wednesday or Barry, right? No. Nigga, Barry is a deeply touching, funny, crazy story about a a killer. It is not a comedy. Yeah, but everyone it, calls it a comedy everywhere. No, it's a dark comedy. Right, but no, but what I'm but that's kind of my point is like, and I, I feel like if you went through and watched it, like if you even finished the first season, you would understand exactly what I'm saying. So if anyone has watched Barry and gets where I'm about to go, just confirm for me. It is a comedy, but it's a comedy in the way that like, it's a comedy in the way that Righteous Dreamstones is like an action movie. It's like, yeah, that's there, but that's not the essence of the show. Like it is a, it's a serious ass show with a lot of acting. Like there's a, there's a, humor bend to it because it's so ridiculous but they're acting that is a drama in its own way but the problem is they there should be a new category because now we have more than one show that is that has serious grounding stakes in it and there's a comedy element to it so it's like is that dramedy is that some new shit like i'm just saying at some point you have to evolve with what's evolving so that you don't have this situation where like a show that's not really at same exact thing with the bear the bear is not a comedy 
I'm sorry. It's not a comedy, but because they want to, I guess like because of old, there, it also goes in old formatting where like comedies had to be 30 minutes. If it's an hour, it has to be a drama. Like, but it's the, hold a, on. But the bear is a comedy. Like the writer of the bear was saying you, it's a comedy. It? Have you watched no. it? No. I've been watching listen, it and it's But I listened not, to an interview with the writer yeah. from, from the bear and he was talking about how it's a comedy and what they're trying to do. It's a comedy drama. Right, it's but a, right. I you're know thinking you're about sitcoms like back in the day, but today, like I see Marvel, I watch Marvelous Mr. Maisel, mm-hmm. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's mm-hmm. not like Seinfeld yeah, or Martin, but, but it's okay. still a comedy. But the reason why I'm bringing up sitcoms because that's what these award shows were created. Like that's when the categories were made. When they were saying 30 minutes for a sitcom, silly, ha ha ha, and then serious dramas for an hour. So like now with streaming, it's different. And what I'm saying is like they've had all the time they wanted to to like reconsider it, and they haven't. And then you have a situation where for best lead, for best supporting actor, all six, all six or eight or whatever from two shows on HBO on the same night. So it's like. Why even it creates a situation? Why even bother? Or it degrades the Emmys, or it makes the Emmys so white again. So I say all that to say, like that. I hear what you're saying, but the, and the bear is funny, but it is not a fucking comedy in the same way that Barry is not a comedy, and then the same way that Jury Duty is a comedy. That's a silly show. Uh, Abbott Elementary. There's there's things that happen. There's real emotions. It's a comedy, and so I think like. But does we, a comedy have to be silly? Or is it just designed to be funny? But I think that because shows that are in this new space of a very creative genre are being left pushed into comedy, I think I'm more just calling out that they don't understand what these shows are or they're not giving them their due because the type of because what i'm trying to say right is what janelle james can do with her one-liners like it's not what sally's doing on barry she like it's a completely different setup for the characters no one's telling jokes on that show abbott elementary is they are joking like they're, they're delivering that marvelous mrs Maisel, the dad tony shalhoub is on there doing his whole thing where like he has a he's serious but he has a whole character though i see that what i'm saying is that you so you it, wanted to be a drama like succession was no a i want them to be creative about the categories and recognize that streaming has us in a completely different landscape from when these categories are created and i want them to start like be, to understand that if they're going to have it be if we're going to make up these arbitrary rules where there can only be eight they need to find a better way to slot those eight they like we need to stop being like okay this is a great show so therefore everyone there gets a knot there needs to be a new system the same way they're striking right. to, to change the system. that's that was kind of my whole point the whole time and i'm just saying that to say like it it it's not fair to real to actual like silly he 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 30 minute comedies just like it's also not fair to a show that they're really writing it and it's really well well written and like serious and grounded stakes but there's a darkness to it that's silly that's the, the difference but right? let me ask you this isn't mm-hmm. that the evolution of tv like abby elementary is a comedy but it's a very well written show absolutely a very well written show mm-hmm. ted lasso has a ongoing story for three years storylines with emotional moments where you're actually crying watching mm-hmm. that show and mm-hmm. still laughing like the to me Mm-hmm. That's the evolution of television. That comedies are no longer Martin, Seinfeld, Sanford and Son, All in the Family, Friends. That they have evolved past that. You don't. Even, there aren't even shows like that on TV anymore. Really, there is no comedy. It's just like a thirty-minute, just a nothing laugh fest that you just laugh at. There's very few. Even like Kirby Enthusiasm, which is my favorite show of all time, is not that. 
It's a much I, I different disagree. type of comedy. I disagree. I think you're I think you're saying that I'm saying that the writing isn't is better on these shows and therefore they should be separated. I, I think the writing of everything is evolving. What I'm saying is like maybe what I'm saying is just the stakes of the show is what lets me know that it's serious or not. Like only murders in a building, there's one silly little murder, they have to solve it. Like there's right. no real urgency, right? They're in Abbott Elementary, there's no deaths, there's no terrorism, there's no crime, there's no shooting up the school, they're keeping it light. And Jet Ted Lasso, serious stuff, but like, what is there not a dancing scene in the ver- in the pilot? Like, you know, those are the elements. Whereas like Barry is about an assassin. It is no, you laugh out of discomfort. You're not laughing because like they're telling you funny jokes. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean, but like that is a serious So what would you do? Like have two different drama categories? I would would start the shit all over because I think that we need to actually name what these new shows are because I don't even think dramedy does them justice. And then I think they should have more categories and I think they should give the awards out differently. So if the problem is it takes too long to give all those out, then release some of them later and only do like certain categories live like or before because they always do that anyway. So yeah, I think sorry, I got in a rant, but I just think that like no, it's that, a good conversation. It's, I want it's to have showing this. yeah it's showing because I look at here. the drama, right? I look at outstanding drama series. So you get Andor which is actually surprising to end. I actually Andor was fantastic, but I'm that, surprised what is that on nominated. Apple? That's, on, That's Apple? on Disney Plus. It's Disney Star Online. Wars. So oh. I'm actually like shocked that it got mm-hmm. nominated. Okay. Uh Better Call Saul, which I haven't watched, but people tell me it's great. I didn't even know that was still on. Uh I think the last season was last year. Oh, okay. The se- last season. House of the Dragon, which we reviewed, of course. Who from there? But, no, this is outstanding drama series. Just to oh, show. okay. House of the Dragon, Succession, The Crown. The Last of Us, White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets, which is on here. And so mm-hmm. it By the would way, have White to... Lotus, White Lotus to me, comedy. I see, I feel like White Lotus is more of a drama. I mean, you talk about stakes. It's people getting stabbed, and you're trying to figure out who's getting stabbed, and it's like all these commentaries on life on that show. Right. And and maybe that's my exact pinpointing it like but this the world moves on after these deaths that's kind of what makes it comedy i think and barry these deaths are world changing maybe that's what it is like well the I death think is real. that should have been an anthology but i don't know if they have an anthology category uh and maybe they like should black mirror, they get... like black mirror or something right, like that oh exactly. they do limited anthology series they do have anthology or limited i guess that means one one season so they do have that Dahmer. Obi Wan Kenobi, Fisher. Dahmer getting trouble. dominated is disgusting to me. You didn't like Dahmer. I first of all I didn't watch it. You know why people say not to support it, right? No, why? Because they said first of all they dramatized a lot of shit, and second of all there are living relatives of the victims who ask them not to do it. Like they're like, we don't want this drug dragged up. We don't want niggas dressing like him for Halloween. Like they were against it, and Ryan Murphy and them was still like, no, nah, we're gonna make this shit happen. So like they kind of also like, um they twisted some stuff to make it more dramatic for TV. Like some of the things about like a neighbor checking on him. It's just, it's just not something where people are like, I'm okay with you turning my, my real life gruesome murder into a like, you know, 30 minute series or hour long series. So uh, I didn't watch it. And I'm upset that people can make content against people's will and be like, great acting. We don't care. We're going to give him gold for that. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I mean, they have a ton of categories, but I think the the whole idea is that like 
the there's like some type of I think what they're doing, and I think this is I think they've been better at trying to incorporate outside things because there was a time where a show like Abbott Elementary would not get nominated for Emmys. Right. Like there was a time absolutely where that is. There was a time where shows like The Last of Us and Andor would absolutely not get Ebony for Emmys. They would they would never nominate a show about a video game yeah. and Star Wars for best drama. Like there was a time where that would never happen. So they've been trying to like they've been trying a little bit to like think get outside of their typical white male you know, I'm pr- yeah. prim and proper box. Like they've been trying, but I think so I think what you're saying will spread things out a little bit more, but I also think there is something to the exclusivity of like winning, right? So like, not to make a sports analogy, but like there's there's something when you're in the NBA, there's something called All NBA, right? And when you get All NBA, what happens practically is that they have this thing called max contracts because NBA has a salary cap. But if you make All NBA, your max contract can be a lot more. So like the max contract is 180 million dollars for five years. If I make the All NBA team, I can get six years, 260 million dollars. But the only people who can get six years, $260 million are someone who makes first team, second team, third team, all NBA. That's it. No one else can get it, right? And so there's five people on each team. And so 15 people get eligible for the Supermax. And that's it. No one else gets eligible for the Supermax, right? And so what it creates is if you make all NBA, it's an exclusive type of thing, right? And so I think the idea with these award shows is that what you're saying makes perfect sense. But then if you just, if you start creating categories for every niche that crosses over two different things, like horror comedy, comedy, drama, drama, Mm -hmm. anthology, like sports drama, like you start, if you just start like putting them out, then winning an award is everything gets in a much smaller batch. So if I got to win an award for best drama out of 50 categories, 50 people, 50 shows, but then I make like four extra categories. So now instead of competing with 40 shows, I'm competing with seven shows, right? Or eight shows in a category to win like this separated award. Is it as exclusive, right? Is it as an, is it as an accomplishment? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not saying it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I think that's part of what they go for with these awards. And so it's kind of this catch-22 because if you did that, these awards would be a lot more diverse, not just in type of shows that win but also people who win race who win gender well they tend to separate uh actor and actress but if they didn't Mm -hmm. it it would be a lot more diverse people would win because the amount of shows that would be able to be chosen would just be a lot more i just think that people need to be better and look at more things right like i saw like i was thinking to myself like was there a, a predominantly black show that I think were better than any of those on the drama list. I've seen all of those shows except Yellow Jackets. I would not say Snowfall is better than any of those shows as a drama. But the dude who played Franklin was fucking fantastic. But how many people watched Snowfall and then completely got, like, fully understood that character, right, in a way that would make you want to nominate him. Now, would I autom- would I say he's better than I don't know any of these people for the the By the way, actor. Damson is like a young Idris. One day he's going to be in an Apple TV yeah. original leading it and people going to be like, "There go uh there go Franklin." <laughs> like there that's, go Franklin. Yeah, that's exactly. 
and I think he's dance is going to win something at some point. I think yeah, I think he made been. a name for himself on that mm-hmm. show, right? And sometimes it takes that, like even with the white guys, not to compare a black person to a white person, but even with the white guys, uh, like all these people were done shows before. But you know, sometimes you got to make yeah, your name right for show. something, and then yep. you get then you get the right show, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll get the right show. But I don't know if all the people watch like are, are they watch? I'm sure more people watch that shit now. Like, but do they fully get Snowfall? Right? Do they get why that was great? What I wouldn't put it on the top seven dramas of the year, but it's not right. It's not ten. It may be eight or not. Like it's up there. Yeah. And so if we were to separate a category, right, if you were to split this category, let's say you counted House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Yellow Jackets, and Andor as some type of like sci-fi drama, right? Because they're kind of like sci-fi or fantasy drama, right? Let's say those were separated. Those were like sci-fi fantasy drama. And then you bring in four more shows into drama. I'm pretty sure like a show like Snowfall would have been in that next four, Right. And so then that immediately diversifies the category, brings more people in, brings more people of color in, mm-hmm. spreads things out, right? So like exactly. that's the good, that's the good part about that. So it, I mean, it's just how it's just how yeah. you see that. I don't think it's bad at all. I I think what you said makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think it's just interesting, right? Because all this shit is made up. So it's like as much as we want to be like, well, that would change the integrity. It's like somebody made this up before and then we're just making it up different you know so um i i can hear people being like oh those are participation trophies but i don't think that's the case oh like, shit what they gave the black kid the blind black kid uh outstanding guest actor nomination oh yeah from, yeah they said um i saw a clip that said that he did, hadn't heard yet because he was in basketball camp His oh really tell him later yeah he's like a normal kid apparently Oh, that's fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, he as killed shit. that. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's like somebody's out there watching. Somebody's out there scouting. I can understand it's like an impossible job, but I do think there's a way to like kids' choice awards this in a way that could be better, or like the list at the end of the year that Obama puts out. Like, I think I just think there could be a little bit more acknowledgement because we keep talking about wanting to see a change in this industry, wanting to see independent stuff get get and diverse stuff get funded. But this is the type of shit that perpetuates it when it's like, well. We're looking for the next succession now instead of appreciating these three shows. And then lastly, the main way that you know the Emmys is fucked up is where's baby Billy's fucking nominee nomination? That's how you know somebody's missing something because... Oh, you know what? Let me see. Who was... uh? Did they have comedy actors? No, they don't have that. They just got lead actor. That's what I'm saying. Like, give me the... Who's to give me the best characters this year? You know, like, I just think it's like, let's throw something at the table here. Let's... Let, at the at the table. Throw something at the wall here and try it out. And the reason why I say all that is because... let's. I not, agree. It's an institution, sure, but, like, there's so many ways they can experiment with new things and get people engaged. And anyway, but we're not going to do any of that shit right now because we are striking and supporting the strike. So, yeah, look at this. So best supporting actress. It's one, two, three, four, five women from the White Lotus. Succession. Exactly. Exactly. The Crown and Better Call Saul. That's what I'm saying. So at that point, it's like, at that (laughs) point, you got to say, all right, bitch. Let's have a white lotus category and let's have a succession category and let's really split the hairs. Let's pull up the next people on the list and let's just call it what it is. That's where I think I'm like, I don't even think Nick that. Fahey was that good in the white lotus second season. 
But uh, Sabrina Impacatio, the Italian woman, she was fucking fantastic. Arby Plaza was great. She should probably win. At least out of the yeah. shows that I've seen. But I'm also but saying, like, again. They just put these women in here who were in the great mm-hmm. show. Jennifer Coolidge was actually pretty great. I mean, she's giving. Show. She's giving. But my point is, I can also name another shows where I felt the same way watching it. So that's why it's like, what are we doing here? Like, there's so much good content. It, if Jay like, Smith Cameron shouldn't have been here. Like I like, uh, yeah, I but like, she exactly, um, exactly. She's just showing Jerry, up, like, but she wasn't. I mean, she, I mean, she wasn't it, that outstanding. It's like, like I said earlier, BJ is critical to Righteous Gemstones. If he's not showing up, being his silly self, Judy doesn't like. He boosts up Judy, whatever. Now, does that mean he gets best supporting actor? I don't know, but that does not mean he's not doing an amazing job. It's just like. At this point, now you're just rewarding people for being attached to a prestige show <laughs> versus like actually because you you're see, like, oh my god. Did you see outstanding supporting actor? No, so it's F. Murray Mer- Abraham from White Lotus. Yeah. Nicholas Braun, cousin Greg from Succession. Yes. Michael this M. Is the one. This is the one. Really from White Lotus. Mm-hmm. And by the he way, again, to- wait, hold on. Good job, but like best supporting actor. Yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't that great. Theo was pretty good in there. Let Theo get, James was the up. They're 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 advertising. They're giving F. Murray Abraham one for farting like an old man. Like, what are we doing here? He should have been best guest actor if he was right, going to be exactly. nominated in there. Yeah. He wasn't really in there that much to be a supporting actor. Theo James was very good. He was the yeah, he was like he was, right. he was the he was the uh the guy's the friend, asshole. The rich yeah. asshole. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was good. Matthew McFadden. I mean, obviously, he should mm-hmm. be in here. Uh, Alan Ruck. I feel like he would be guest actor. I mean, Alan Ruck was stole the scene every time he showed mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. but they didn't put him on that much. Yeah, exactly. Like, he I mean, wasn't on that much. And do not get me wrong. Obviously, y'all know, like, I'm a Greg head, but I also don't even know that Nicholas Braun. I don't, like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think both be... of those were great, but I don't know if they were on TV enough to be considered supporting. And that's acting. what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, there has to be another way to acknowledge that he did a great job without recognizing, like, there are you know, like again, a Tom carried the show versus a Nick who like came in or did his thing, moved out. Like, but yeah. And yeah. then it was Will Sharp from White Lotus. He was Aubrey Plaza's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then and, okay. and uh, Alexander Skarsgård, who was fucking fantastic. As, he could get uh, it for for either one. Oh wait, he was. He could have been right. He could have. I mean, he was basically a main character. He could have been. On the yeah. best lead actor, but I even mean, then, that nigga was still being a vampire from how he used to be a True Blood. Like it, it's like, do ours? Is this really the best performance? You're telling me you had to put him on there, and that's when I'm like, all right, I'm calling, I'm calling something on here because I don't love all of this. Sorry. I never saw the old man. I heard the old man was good. People tell me that, but I haven't seen it. I don't even know what that is. Brian Cox, Karen Coken, and Jeremy Strong, best lead actor. They definitely belong on there. Right, but again, it's like. Sp- the Spider-Man's looking at each other. Like, what? Are, how are y'all gonna do that? I mean, it's pretty hard to pick between those three. That's what I, I'm saying. I mean, people love category. Jeremy, mm-hmm. but you can't just have the succession category. <laughs> the why? Best but why succession. not? They made it. No, you're telling me this. Tell them that they can't just have a succession white lotus. Well, they did they have did Pedro. It. They did have Pedro from The Last of Us. They have Bob Orden Kirk from Better Call Saul. And they had Jeff Bridges from The Old Man. So that one was a little bit more diverse than the other one. The other one was just White Lotus and Succession, the whole category. Maybe just I'm every confused. person. Maybe I'm confused. So I'm just like, again. No, you I... were right. It was supporting actor. Everyone on there was either White Lotus yeah. or Succession. 
Yeah. The whole no, I mean, category. I love Pedro, but I don't know that I'm like, oh, Emmy. Emmy. I don't know that I said that either. I think he did his thing. Hold I'll on. give him. Did, uh, hold on. He got nominated, but um, Westerface didn't get nominated. Exactly. Or like oh, Emma she did Dar- Bella Ramsey. Oh. Okay. Because I but thought Emma- Bella was better than her. Exactly. You hear me? Or like Emma Darcy isn't on there. Best lead actress, Bella Ramsey. Oh, they, they're more diverse with the women. So they have Sharon Horgan, Bad Sisters, which I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yellow Jacket, some woman from Yellow Jackets. Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale, never seen that. Bella Ramsey from The Last of Us. Carrie Russell from The Diplomat. Sarah Snook from Succession. So everyone was from a different show. But here's the thing. It's crazy. That, that just, just shows said. that women only get one, one role in a show. You get it's, one role, one woman at the top of every show. It's crazy that you just said it's more diverse because those are all white women. No, I meant the shows are more I, diverse. But that's what I'm saying. It's funny that like that they put us in a position where we're celebrating that. Be, well, I'm not missing. celebrating that. No, but I, you see what I'm saying though. It's like, oh, we're like, oh, this is better, but it's is it better? Know, all the way better. I don't know. Like they, they like you said, they're picking the best white woman at each show, and they're like, yep, here you go. My thing with the race is that. It's racist over time. Like, like I, I don't get upset for like any particular thing because it's hard for me to do that. Like, I could be like, oh, this one category has all white people. It must be bad. I'm like, well, maybe that particular category, that particular year has all mm-hmm. white people. But if I look at the Emmys for like the past five years and I see, and there's five people a year, so there's 25 people and 23 of them are white and there's one black person and one Hispanic person, I'm like, okay. Like that's like what are you talking about? Like it's, mm-hmm. that's like that's where the racism comes in. Mm-hmm. Best lead actress in the comedy. So Quinta Brunson got mm-hmm. nominated. Uh, then Jenna Ortega from Wednesday. Natasha Leone from Poker Face. I've never even heard of that. I did. I uh, enjoyed that show, but I don't know that it's. I I don't know. I don't know. Rachel Brosnahan from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I loved. Good for her. And Christina Applegate from Dead to Me. What's what? a Netflix show? I've never even heard of that. That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I don't understand anymore. Like what the, it feels way more subjective now because there are women giving like like Kenta's doing great. I don't even know if she, I, I feel like the redhead should get it. Like that, you know. There's just well, different. Kenta got nominated twice. She got nominated for guest yeah. actress for Saturday Night Live. Oh, that which is, is interesting. I never know. Oh, this one has three that. black women. Taraji P Henson got right. nominated for. Guest actress in a comedy series for mm-hmm. Abbott Elementary, and then Sarah Niles. She's the woman that played. I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso, but she played. No. She plays um, the the psychiatrist, psychologist for the team. The team psychologist is a black woman, English like a, a British black woman. So she got nominated for Ted Lasso. Harriet Walter, Ted Lasso, Judith Light, Poker Face. I don't know what Poker Face is. That's the that's the new Columbus. I want, so before we go, what the hell are they going to do? Because none of these actors are showing up for the Emmys. Yeah, but so the, the last what are they going to do? <laughs> I have no idea that I I have no idea if they're even going to like. Should they still do it or because like they should cannot... still do it because you're still celebrating because ultimately that is still the actors. Yeah, like they need they're to do still it from winning. home again though. Let's do another virtual one. Who gives a fuck? I, or they should do it from the picket lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> like let's do it for real. But. I would the last. I just want to say to what your point was. Yes, like I don't think just because something is all white that it's um, like people actively being like I hate black people. That's not what I mean when I say racist. I mean like structurally we are looking yeah, at certain shows. Up. 
Yeah, like exactly. Like it's from the writers that are getting into the room. It's from the casting directors having a certain look for these characters because yep. of how they're written. It's from Prestige being Succession when like Succession could have had uh, it, it could have easily been Brian Brian Cox adopted three kids from three different continents and that and that could have been a premise and everything could have been the same like there could be that opportunity i'm not saying that like like kieran isn't that kieran was kieran greg was great like those were some actors where i'm like nobody else could have played that but i do think that in some sense it's like normalizing that oh white people are in this area let's just keep that that whole show white well for succession specifically i think it had to be white people because i think the point of the show was that Sure. These rich sure. white people would be like this. Right. Like but, then Jerry, be... but then Jerry didn't, Jerry could have been Asian. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, those like other Frank, people could have been what, different. Yeah, yeah, like they made every, yeah. and again, you can go into like, oh, well, that's who he would hire. But my point is when you keep justifying like that, that's how things don't get made diversely because you're like, well, that's not how, like you're reflecting or, the racism of the world. Or what well, my issue with that is a little bit different than yours. I don't have a problem with that. Like if I see a show about Racist white people at Fox, racist people at Fox News. I'm okay if you tell me a good show about Fox News, and I'm also okay if it ain't no black people there because I'm like, yeah, black people would not be making those decisions at Fox News. My problem is if I have a show of Succession, that's fine, but what about these other shows, right? So like, you tell me you make if you tell me you if you tell me you're a director and you're a creative director and you want to make a show about Norwegian people and you have this great Norwegian story that you want to yeah. make. Guess if what? you do it's that still... movie and everybody in there is white, I, I'm okay with that. But that's but the then, thing. There are black Norwegians. Ne- that's the problem. But, well, there's like very, very, but, very. But few. they exist enough to have, have them there. Like we keep, we keep bringing down that percentage to like, oh, well, it's 20%, but let's make it zero or it's whatever. Like that's not fair. Yeah, but, but my point is you don't have to put black people in your show if there's shows with black people in it. If you get what I'm saying, right? So, like, the reason why people get upset because of diversity, it's not because there's not diverse people on every show. I don't need to turn on every show on television and see a black person and an Asian person and an Hispanic person and a black woman and a Hispanic woman and a white woman walking down the street together like it's uh, like it's a, a, a an employee introduction video about diversity at my job, right? I don't need to see that. But if I turn on TV. And I watch Succession, and the Succession goes off, and the next show comes on. Why? And, I, and the next show is whatever the fuck came on after Succession. Why can't that show have black people? Right? Like, why? Why is Sex in the City? Like, those are the shows that bother me more than things like Succession, right? Because Succession is like about a specific type of person, right? What bothers me is shows like Friends and Seinfeld, even though I love Seinfeld, but still, it counts. Mm -hmm. Friends and Seinfeld and the first Sex in the City where you're in New York fucking city Mm -hmm. and you're just living your like a normal like a middle class person but not like a not like a rich rich they not they weren't like the upper rich people in those shows they were just like middle class Mm -hmm. white people living their life in new york and you never interact with black people or hispanic people in new york city and where's a black dude he's the one black dude dating a white woman like there's no other representation yeah Yeah. those are the shits that bother me then when you if you're telling the very specific story I'm like, okay, tell your story, but all these other shows that aren't telling specific stories, they can have black people. If I'm watching fucking uh, Lord of the Rings, which people got mad at because it had all those people of color in it, in the show, they got mad at it. And I'm like, it's a fucking fantasy story about elves and all types of crazy shit. Who gives a fuck what their colors are? They could be black, brown, whatever the hell you want them to be. Green, aliens, it's a sci-fi story. 
you can cast a black person as the lead of Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings. Mm-hmm. You can cast a black person in in Game of Thrones. No, Game exactly. of Thrones is not based on England. It's a exactly. fantasy world. Exactly. It's not based. It's not yeah. based on that time before and, they were there. Right, <laughs> but we have to be careful because, like, the white lotuses of the world that don't have to be in that story do still conveniently happen to be white. Right, all white. Right, and so then it's like that trickles down into like the only stories that get that have black the only. The only shows that have black people in it are stereotypical black stories. Like it's not exactly. like exactly what you just said. That's so, my problem. Why does exactly. Black Lotus have to be white? Why couldn't the lead right. character? Of, well, they Every- had uh, they had homegirl from um, mm-hmm. from Insecure on there. I forget her name. Yvonne. Uh, no, no, not Yvonne. Natasha it was, Rothwell. Uh, yeah, Natasha yeah. Rothwell. But even yeah, her, Natasha she Rothwell was on there. Yeah, I think she, she played a masseuse. <laughs> she did exactly. She who got played by Jennifer Coolidge, and then we like yes. cheered for Jennifer Coolidge in part two. Um, I think in general, I agree with everything you just said, and I think that that's really where the, the bigger issues lie. Like, it's okay if everyone is a certain way if it really was a true effort, but like when we're yes. glorifying certain shows, and like you don't see black people after ten p.m. on HBO, like we have an issue. We have a fucking Jennifer issue Coolidge here. was great in that show. Natasha Rothwell could have easily been Jennifer Coolidge. And been a lead actress in and, that show, and 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 there's a range. That's my I point. mean, yeah. and that's somebody who's had experiences like being treated like she doesn't have value in the room, and she's like a writer or director, all that shit. So yes, I totally agree. I think that they need to rethink it. I don't think anything should be on the table. Anything that cr- was created post the Civil War and pre the last ten years can be scrapped, <laughs> y'all. Like we like, let's do it. Just a whole social reckoning because a lot of stuff is still fucked up and it never got fixed, and that's why we all disagreeing about it now because people think this shit just goes away, but it perpetuates itself. Um, so I think we maybe talk for ha- as much as long as we talk about gemstones about the <laughs> the Emmys, but um, I hear what you're saying. Hopefully, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what what would they call somebody on? gemstones what's an insult they would use for someone uh they just say weird shit we're not weird like them okay what well, hopefully the dick bag who uh said we don't have any thoughtful thoughts or whatever the fuck he said um is choking on this episode right now because we just gave you all kind of thoughtful thoughts also i really don't give a fuck about the negative comments but don't give us one stars unless we truly don't like deserve that because it's just not true it's just absolutely not true. And I'm going to call him the most racist person today. <laughs> you just fuck he with the algorithm black. for two black. Oh, black people can be racist. Black people can hate themselves. Thank you. So, I want, yes, I wanted to get you to black say Black people that. can be racist yeah, to themselves. No, 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 no. To no, themselves. No, that could be like, no, I meant no, to say anti-black. No, no, uh, no. I meant to no. say anti-black. I meant no. to say anti-black. They cannot no. be racist truly I in the win. way that I was saying. I win. I knew I would get her. Yes. Got you. you just Simon says to me that's so annoying. <laughs> Hold on, they got really an Emmy annoying. for they got an Emmy for talk series. Look at that. Yeah, like I'm you, and so that's something that obviously came from innovation. Like, oh, all these talk shows, let's let's call out the good ones. So that's all I'm saying is continue to innovate. Somebody's whole job needs to be that. Um, okay, great. So we covered a lot, you guys. We're gonna have an episode where we recap the first half of Hijack on Apple TV coming out soon this week with this Righteous Gemstones episode. Um, again, you guys. Oh, see hold our- on, I gotta interrupt you because this is really gonna piss you off. This is this is gonna piss you off really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know? So they did evolve, right? This is something that they definitely one hundred percent evolved in. They have a reality category. Oh yeah, reality shows. 
and you and know that's only twenty categories. years old. They have structured reality program and unstructured reality program. So structured reality program, these are the it's nominees. like a Love Island, Shark Tank, <laughs> Queer Eye Five, huh? Diners, drives, and dive ins, antique road shows, and Love Is Blind. Honestly, you can come in there and sweep that category up, y'all. Somebody needs to come and just change that whole space. And then what the unstructured ones are like, Housewives? Oh, Vanderpump Rules got one? Yeah, and Vanderpump Rules is in unstructured. Welcome to Wrexham is some type of like soccer show. um, It's actually uh, Ryan Reynolds and fucking the dude from Always Sunny. They bought a soccer team in the UK. Untucked RuPaul. RuPaul's Drag Race, Untucked. Um... I feel like that's a competition show. It is. Or is that separate from the drag Oh, maybe it's like, I think show. it's like something else. I don't know. The show called it. Indian Matchmaking from Netflix. Yeah, I've seen that show. And Selling Sunset on Netflix. Yeah, it's like, what are y'all, what are we, What what's the criteria, y'all? Show me the rubric. But none of the Housewives won. None, none of the Housewives got nominated. None of them. Right. Well, this is the first ever Bravo Emmy nomination, first of all. And a big part of it is because of Scandal. And that's crazy because it's like they got an Emmy because there was a huge cheating scandal. Like that's why they got really? the Emmy. Then. Yeah. Like that's, I didn't tell you about Scandal. Uh uh-uh. uh. I remember how I've always told you you should watch Vanderpump Rules, but if you do watch it from the very beginning because they're trash people. So basically, there's a they like they switch couples a lot of times over like the whatever 16 years they've been filming some shit like that. Basically, like halfway through the beginning, um, this boy like they had been cheating on each other. They broke up. The guy in that couple started hooking up with one of the friends in the group, and obviously the ex girlfriend was mad, but like she moved on. They were kind of making each other jealous, but then they actually realized, oh, we shouldn't have been together. So he started being with this new girl Ariana, and they were together like for almost nine years on the show. Like we saw their relationship from start to fit from they started we saw them move in together like we saw them go through all kind of ups and downs or whatever but like they were clearly the only couple that had made it out in the show because a lot of couples had broken up or like in divorce or whatever whatever have you it turns out uh like probably like two-thirds through the show like the whole all the years this new guy comes in he's british and he's dating this girl he met who's like a used to be a um pageant queen um and she kind of just shows up she doesn't say much but people are like oh whatever maybe she's not that bad they break up because he's an asshole he gets drunk and probably should uh be uh in na or in um he should give up booze they break up she becomes friends with that couple i was just telling you about like really best friends like they all hang out they're all very open with each other this is a reality show this is all a reality show i'm just telling you about these people's lives in the last year, it turns out that the the friend of the guy that broke up has been sleeping with the dude who's in a relationship with Ariana, who we've seen them together for nine years. So we see this relationship in real life <laughs> and like this. But like the and the girl was like their best friend would come over. She would spend a night in the guest room. Like they were fucking behind what's her name's back while they were filming it. And she was like, so now they're going back to the footage and seeing them like wink at each other or seeing them like be too close to each other right around them. <laughs> and it turns out that this was happening for like months while they were filming and they were hiding it. And he was like, and if they, she found out cause she looked in his phone and he had recorded them um, having FaceTime sex. That's how she found out. You would love my friend Chanel. I mean, it's not, you are my friend Chanel. My friend Stephanie, who actually wants to come do an episode with us. Sure. Y'all are like the same Y'all talk to me about these shows. I mean, and they sound so insane. It's insane. It is that it's insane because, like, 
it's literally like you finding out about LeBron. It's like that level of like commitment. And you're like, wait a minute. And LeBron was cheating with somebody who's there the whole time. Like you'd be like, there's no <laughs> fucking way. Like that's what it is. Right. Um, so yes, I would love to have her on the show. And did you get a chance to watch alternate girls trip? No, I'm going to watch okay. that this week. Cause okay, I have nice. time. Okay, Cause my okay, wife's yeah. at the Beyonce show in Louisville. Oh, so I'm here by oh. myself so I can watch oh. stuff. She's going to have so much fun. Okay, well. So we one more thing before we go, because oh, this go is really going to piss you off. This is because this is what you're talking about. Oh, I, cannot okay. believe that, I cannot believe they did this for this. So you have a category called outstanding short form nonfiction or reality series. <laughs> See? Now, do you know what? Let me tell you what's on. Let me tell you the okay. nominees for these. Okay. House of the Dragon inside the episode. So the thing that comes on after the show, no. succession controlling the narrative. The thing that comes on after the show, the last of You're us lying. inside the episode, and the white, the white lotus unpacking the episode. So the little thing that come on after the show <laughs> has a category for an Emmy. So yes, they can do more categories if they just giving away Emmys for this bullshit. HBO needs their own award show. Let's just do that. Let's if they can that. make up a category for how we talk about the show after the show goes off and give them a fucking... We Emmy, can do anything. Thank you. you can do it's anything. all arbitrary. It's all made up. I Thank you for discovering that because I knew I wasn't crazy. Um, yeah, this is some, this all bullshit, y'all. Just so don't, don't do whatever the strikers say. If they say we can support it, support it. Like still go to shows, apparently still watch movies because that's going to show that they should be like that's not actually helpful to the strike, but yeah. So don't... like one interesting thing happened. So the show Miss Marvel, which mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite Marvel shows, mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have a lot of shit to show because <laughs> no acting's going on. That was a Disney Plus show, but they're gonna run the whole series on ABC, mm-hmm. like network television. Mm-hmm. And but the, be, one of the things they're striking for is you, there's no residuals for streaming shows. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this kind con- right. I mean, the, the, yeah. the contract was really signed before streaming became like this big thing. So like it wasn't right. in the contract. And so they didn't really get residuals for streaming shows. But that's one of the things they obviously should be getting now that the contract is up. But now, since they're going to take that show and put it on ABC, now all those actors and writers and everybody get residuals. We'll get because it's going to be played on ABC because they don't they're have doing, nothing else to show. They're doing the same thing with Yellowstone, probably on NBC. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's one quote-unquote mm-hmm. good thing that's coming out of this. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see, like, you know, I, I think America doesn't survive, and I really feel this way, maybe not today, maybe not next year. America doesn't survive without the pyramids being flattened a little bit. Like, there's no way you're telling me Bob Iger needs $25 million. He just shouldn't be living at that level of, of wealth. He should be living thinking he should be saving his money. He shouldn't be living thinking he'll have money forever, just like the rest of us have to, because they should be able to cut that motherfucker's salary in half and he'd still be okay. Um, if he's living he at 25... Yes, I'm saying. <laughs> if he's living at 25 million, then he's living above his means right now. So I just think like the fact that people don't just say, here, take this million, spread it out. Here, take this. Like That's the issue we have, and I don't know who's advising them. I don't know what consulting firm, what consulting firm is in there, but there's like a humanness missing here where it's like the whole point of this shit is you're trying to sell dreams to us, so you cannot be having people break that fourth wall to tell us that there's, there is a sweatshop back there. Yes, and also, I do think CEOs get some bad rap, a little bit, not a lot, because there's this idea that, like, anyone can be a CEO, 
And I'm like, if you look at business, there's a clear no. difference between no, they're good working CEOs hard. And no, no, I don't even think they work. All of them work that hard. I'm saying that there's a clear difference between like good CEOs and bad CEOs. Like, look at Elon Musk trying to run Twitter. It's a fucking disaster. Right, right. right. right? So, like, there's some people who are better at making high level important decisions than other people are and that's a skill right so I, I understand that and i think some people would just be like oh anyone could be a ceo is just fine however being a ceo is not that it's not that rare of a job right it's not like that like people in yeah. the nba make a there's lot of money of them. there's been five thousand people in the history of this country to play in the nba yeah. that's it five thousand like people yep. and most of them weren't i mean and they were so if you make it to the NBA out of all the people in the world, because basketball is a worldwide sport, not just America, out of all the people in the world who pick up a basketball in their backyard when they're five years old and they start playing basketball and you make it to the NBA and you're one of, I think there's like 700 players in the league at one time, and you're one of 700, you are exceptional. Like you are 1% of 1% of 1% to make it to that level. It does not take that level of of achievement to become a CEO. It's mostly luck, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. white, and I mean, I mean, there are some being hard male. work into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being male, being white, being lucky, mm-hmm. and has and some skill. Like I'm not gonna say or, zero. Yeah, skill. or being skill. able to leverage all those things. Like the like the people yes. who are diverse that get it know how to play that exact game. Yes, 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 and so. I, while I do think, I, while I do think there's some CEOs who are, or I think the best thing about some CEOs is that they're visionaries. Like they can see things that other people can't see. Some of them, like some of, like like Steve Jobs was a terrible person, but Steve Jobs could see some things that other people could not see. Mm-hmm. He could get an idea for someone and be like this, and he could take that idea and be like, let me show you how this can be really big and affect a lot of people right there's a skill in that yeah that a lot of people but there's have. also somebody in a dorm room on every campus with that skill too right and there's also this idea that every ceo is has that skill right yeah, it's, this, they don't. it's this idea that every ceo is there mm-hmm. because that, like people like bob Iger. like when you hear the actors and stuff talk about him they like they talk about him in a way that you don't typically hear that people talk about ceos but he also should not be making 354 times the average mm-hmm. writer mm-hmm. who makes the movies for the biggest yeah. thing that his company Because he, Because right? one thing he cannot do is sit down and make them scripts on his own. Exactly. That's a skill he truly cannot. Exactly, right? And so my thing is, no, I don't think Bob Iger has to make $50,000 a year. But if Bob Iger is making $25 million, I think he would be just mm-hmm. fine if he was making ten. He yeah. would still be a rich asshole yeah. and feel like his job was worth it. But you yeah. could take the other fifteen million and spread that across yeah. a lot of different things in Disney Company and solve some issue. issues. And if you yeah. did that for every executive there, not just Bob Iger, but so the people that's making twenty, they can make eight, and the people mm-hmm. that's making fifteen can make five. Mm-hmm. The people that's making ten can make two. Yeah, we we'll solve the issue. And there you go. Time. Yep, and yeah, so we can save go. world hunger with one of those too. Um, well, yeah, I did it across everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they literally somebody told Elon Musk that he could solve world hunger with eight billion dollars, and he instead bought Twitter. So, um, For I would 40. just right, exactly. So, I would just say all that to say, um, I agree with everything you just said. I think you encapsulated it very well. Um, 
I think the way that we think about wealth is so fucked up. And I actually am a proponent of like letting businesses fail. Like the whole point of capitalism is that <laughs> if it's good, it should succeed. So we keep bailing people out and, and not paying people livable wages because everybody wants to be a business owner and nobody wants to pay talent instead of being like, all right, if this business can't afford to pay their people, let them fail and let the businesses take the talent and pay them correctly. That's how it should correct itself. But obviously it doesn't because people accept the minimum wage because they have to. People accept like living, working for tips because like that's just how the system is. Um, and I was really surprised by how many businesses didn't like get help during the pandemic when it's like, bro, if you can make it, I'm not saying that's not sad. Like there's a business I lost that like I, a business that I patron that I really love that I missed out on. But like, the reality is if you're not able to pay the people, if you're not able to sustain, unfortunately, everyone doesn't just doesn't just like deserve a business because they started a business, if that makes sense. So I say all that to say, like, yeah. if they cannot afford to be paying the people, scale it the fuck down, like re recognize that. Stop squeezing people out so that you can get what you need out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that That's also the includes us, though, right? Because like a lot of us talk shit about Amazon, but we like our packages getting here in two days. And when you tell people, hey, your package ain't going to get there in two days, people get mad. But here's the, here's the secret to that. They could still get your package there in two days if Amazon paid their people better, right? right. That's not going to mm -hmm. stop your package from getting... In fact, it might be more... You might not get as many lost packages because the people who are working there are more motivated and when it's been shown when you get paid better. I would Not to keep this too long, but it should give you a quick example. I work for a company that when the when the when the pandemic happened and we had these PPP loans I work in tech and my company does um LO, like underwriting software for banks right and so when the PPP thing happened our company was quick to develop a PPP application for banks and we got like 400 new banks signed up for our product because we had a really good system to process PPP loans right and so we made a shitload of money over 2020 you know what our company did? And then we got a private investment because it was doing so well. So they got a shitload of money. You know what they did? The first one of the first things that they did for one of the first things that they did was they gave everyone uh like comp time, even though we have as much leave as we want, right? They gave you additional comp time, which they made me take, right? I didn't even get like they just made me take it. It was just like you need to take these days. And then they gave me what they call wellness time or uh, mental health. They have, they call October mental health month. And so every employee in the company gets a week off in that month paid. And so they give you a stipend and you get paid and then they give you a stipend. So they give you a thousand dollar stipend or what is it? $2,000 stipend. And you get a whole week off that you already get your salary for, but they give you an extra $2,000. So they want you to go do something, go on a vacation, sign up for a gym, go, like go do something that makes you happy during that week. That doesn't, doesn't count on your leave or vacation or nothing. It's mm -hmm. just wellness month. Then they added this thing called sabbaticals. So anybody who works there five years, you get an entire month off paid, and they give you a $10,000 stipend. Any person who works there five years gets an entire month off because they were like, we got this extra money. Oh, then they also gave every employee $25,000 to pay off student loans that they pay off over time, right? They didn't just give us a lump sum, but it comes out of like your 401k account. They put in $200 every pay period that goes towards your student loans up to $25,000 as long as you stay there. So they took that money that they got from uh, 
the pandemic time where they grew as a company and they said, oh, reinvested these people. people worked hard. Maybe we should reinvest it in the people. And guess what? A lot of people don't leave our company. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing in the world, but like if you if you take that money, I'm sure our CEO makes a bunch of money, but I don't feel like I'm underappreciated. Like he's stealing from because, you, exactly. Yeah, because I can feel like I'm getting something put in back. So like, yeah. I'm not, no one is, people get, make this straw man argument. Oh, mm-hmm. you want to pay people, you want to pay the, you want to yeah. pay the worker at Amazon $500,000 yeah. a year. Like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't care if they did, but I that's not either. what anyone's saying. Yeah. They're just saying they should be paid a comfortable wage where they don't have to worry about bills. shit. They don't have to worry about rent or bills or anything. Yeah, <laughs> the, I mean, the the mental weight it puts on you trying to figure out how you're going to pay your bills when you're perfectly capable of working and not able to maximize yeah. that out is sickening. And people have no, like, so many white people because of their, like, generational access and privilege have no idea what kind of stress like a lot of people are just walking around under i'm not saying white folks don't have credit card bills i'm saying like when you don't have any type of infrastructure your grandma doesn't have money to pass down to you like though like you just don't have those social nets you you don't understand that feeling um and so yeah i think that there's a big the fact that there's two Americas is another reason why this stuff perpetuates because there's some people who don't care and just are like, as long as me and my kids don't know that feeling, everything's fine. They don't give a fuck about the poor white people. The poorest state, the two poorest states in our country are Kentucky and West Virginia. It ain't a whole lot of niggas there. Like, we there's some, and some Mm -hmm. in Louisville, but West Virginia, Kentucky's probably like, what, 6% black or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. It's mostly white people, but that's the poorest state in the country and the lowest educated state in the country. Mm-hmm. Them fucking people in the hills in Eastern Mississippi's Kentucky. Mississippi's getting jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's <laughs> black people. That's completely different. That's full of racism. But like, I mean, not Kentucky's not racist, but like the poor people there on welfare are mm-hmm. white people in them hills in Eastern mm-hmm. Kentucky. And those and Mitch McConnell and those rich white folks don't give a fuck about them either, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny. It's just you know, fuck you. You can't pay your bills. You work seven. You make seven dollars and forty eight cents to work in a fucking factory mm-hmm. that's hot as shit with bad safety conditions, so that people in mm-hmm. other parts of the country can get their fucking milk. Oh my god! Cheap. Guess what? Kentucky is eight percent black. More than yeah, three hundred and fifty thousand black people. Yeah, eight percent. Out of that's a very small percentage. You compare Mississippi's thirty eight percent black. Right, right. No, you're right. So like, and Atlanta's a hundred. Yes, it's close to. It feels like it. Yeah, at times. Whenever I see white, like unless you go to Buckhead when they're trying to succeed, which is not not Atlanta. But by the way, like in I was walking around downtown Detroit, and I was like, "There's the white people just are living here. This is crazy. Like it's just." Sit anyway. Okay. Well, look, these are the type of. I mean, yeah, like this is a real conversation. You see why me, Brandon, and I podcast together, even though he tries to bring me down and get me canceled every episode. I have to bring Chanel back because, you know, she can get a little racist sometimes. So I got to (laughs) bring her back into her wheelhouse. (laughs) I don't want her doing imitations (laughs) or making general statements about cultural figures, you know. And then she'll couch it in, I'm not being racist, I'm just being prejudiced. (laughs) I've just been impressed. So, you know, sometimes I got to bring her back to a wheelhouse so you can see that she's not. What's crazy is there's a version of the story where what you just said is true and also like very bad. And there's another version where it's true but also very whimsical. Like it just. I'm really also joking. I'm not serious. She's not probably. But there is a, the there is a way to, but there is a way to say it. Like I could see somebody listening to this and be like, 
she's so but anyway i actually don't care just rate us five stars email us <laughs> at we was dragons pod at gmail.com no podcast just pod on the G- on the gmail um you have our information our twitter our instagrams um please hop over to youtube subscribe to my channel so i can make some residuals there otherwise um stay tuned for our other episode like i said we're going to put out this week and we're going to keep bringing you gemstones for the next at least four weeks and we were talking before about the next shows i think we have a good suggestion in the inbox look to let you guys know as soon as we got that if you stuck with us through this you literally like contact us for a prize because this is (laughs) we just had like an actual conversation for about an hour uh brandon thank you for your time friends thank you for listening anything else you want to add I thought you were going to say stay righteous. I am. Okay, just double checking. Well, do that with Brandon just said. Stay righteous. Bye.